Hey everyone, and welcome to the first Down Under Investigations podcast for 2020. My name is John, and we are so excited to be back for this year. We're going to be spicing this podcast up, and instead of Simon and Sarah talking about what they do, we're going to be chatting with them about how they do it. We're going to get into the heads of real-life private investigators, and along the way, we'll hear some saucy stories like the one you're going to hear today. So, without further ado, we're going to be talking to Simon and Sarah about surveillance and the dangers using dating apps like Tinder, eHarmony, or uh, even RSVP. So, Simon, from what you've seen over the years, what dangers do we see when using dating apps? Yeah, so let's let's just be clear that dating apps in and of themselves aren't necessarily a bad thing. You know, it's how lots of people have met. We've got friends that have met online and end up, you know, now married with children. But I think the problem we find is that not everyone is who they say they are through a dating app. So what you'll find is there'll be straight out fraud where people are totally deceptive as to what their intentions are or who they are through a dating app or their social media pages or they're just, they're always going to give that best impression of themselves. They're not going to give a true picture of who they are. So we've all heard about some lovely romantic stories, but we've also heard about some real horror stories using dating apps. Now, do you have any horror stories of how things just went terribly wrong? Yeah, look, we had a client come to us. Her name's Jane. She was a single mum. She had been out of the dating scene for years, but her boys were, you know, getting into their mid-teens and she felt like it was time for her to get back into dating, um, see if there was someone out there, see if she could find true love. She'd been uh, married previously and uh, that ended poorly when, you know, when the children came along. So she'd been raising these boys on her own, but now she felt like it was her time to get back out there and, and see if there wasn't that one person for her. So she did get a dating app. We're not going to name names of dating apps here. And she ended up going on a couple of dates uh, with different men. These men, she found there was just something weird about most of them or there was just, there was just something wasn't clicking for her until one day she met the man of her dreams. And that's when she, you know, fell in love. They started going on date after date. Things got comfortable. She met her children. The children seemed to accept uh, this new man in her life. And so things were going along quite well. So things were going pretty well for Jane. She's obviously met the man of her dreams. Sounds really good. But then why did she get in contact with our team? Well, look, she woke up one day and she just had a feeling that something was missing from the relationship. She put two and two together. This is what she told us. She said, he won't take us um, to his house. He likes to come and visit us. Everything we do, all our dates are around my area. Um, he stays at my place, but then 11 o'clock every night he takes off. He's gone. So, you know, he won't stay the full night. He won't be there in the morning. Um, we have a lot of great times together, but... There's something not right. You know, it feels like he was trying to cover something up or hide something. Um, She'd never met any of his friends, any of his family, and they'd been dating for a good six months by this stage. Okay, so you say that something felt not right. So what are some signs that would deem that as not right? Well, look, from what she told us, it sounds like he's trying to hide things. Sounds like he's trying to uh, not involve her in the whole aspect of her life, but just keep her in, in a closet in a bit of a portion of his life, but not expose her to the rest of his life. Okay. So from your experience, what are the other behaviors that can set off alarm bells? 
Oh, look, some of the behaviours we've seen across many cases are someone who hides their phone, hides their contacts, they miss dates, they miss appointments, suddenly they've got an emergency going on, but they don't need the the partner's help, they just want to deal with it on their own, um, they're, they're late for things, all those sorts of signs. Um, then there's some physical signs where there's different smells going on, there's different um, personal, interpersonal behaviours, uh, different interactions that are not common, but suddenly someone's behaviours suddenly change, um, where they get secretive or they, they just cover things over. So Jane has had a hunch and contacted our team. What do we then do? So what we do is then we sit down with Jane and we, we talk to her about her situation. We're not just going to suddenly get out there and start um, analysing this this uh, person's life, but we'll ask her for some of the signs that she's seen. And what we want is more than a hunch. We want facts. We want evidence that something really is going on. We don't want to get out there and waste her money and our time. So we'll ask her certain questions about how he is with his phone, with his contacts, with his friends, with his family and that's where it started to ring more alarm bells for Jane because she realised that this guy was classically covering up um, something to do with his life. She didn't know exactly what, we didn't know exactly what and that's why what we did is then put together a period of surveillance. So what does the surveillance look like? What did you find? And is it sort of like the movies where you're sitting in your car eating donuts all night? Oh, look, um, surveillance is very similar to the movies, but very different as well. We've got to remember that we're on a on a budget here, so we want to get the best result as quick as possible for the client. We don't want to be sitting there night after night for hour after hour. So, for example, with Jane, we knew that he left every night around 11 o'clock. So agents arrived at the address sat up the road about half an hour before that, about 10.30 we arrived, um, did a quick look around the area, worked out what car he'd be driving and um, set up so that we could follow him regardless of which way he left the street. 11 o'clock, like, spot, like clockwork, he took off, he left. The lights came on of the vehicle and he drove away. Uh, we followed him discreetly, as discreetly as possible. Look, we don't want to get spotted, but um, having a few cars means we can have a, a different vehicle right behind him each time and then swap around and move around and you know pa- use parallel streets and all sorts of other ways just to stay on him because we didn't want to lose him for her we wanted to get the result that night we knew she was on a budget and um, there was uh, night after night would cost her more money so there's no way we wanted to lose him so we followed him followed him to an address um, he went inside parked the car and that was it the lights the outside light after he went inside went off we didn't see anything again that night. So with this new address, we took the information back to the office and did some research, did some searching um, online, various databases. We were quickly able to ascertain that there was another female living at the address and there was actually kids living at the address um, that were his, a wife that was his. Um, Through a bit of research then we found out that he'd given her a false name and false details and that he was actually, had been married for a very long time Uh, We found out that obviously he was playing with Jane's emotions, Jane's heart, and he was in a serious relationship, a marriage, that he had never disclosed to Jane. He had kids he'd never disclosed to Jane. 
uh, in hindsight, that's probably why he was quite good with her kids was because he was experienced and had kids of his own. So we then had to present this information to Jane. Look, that was all she could really afford was one good night of surveillance and a few hours of uh, investigation behind the scenes. So um, then came the time to deliver that news to her. How do you feel when you deliver bad news like what you had to tell Jane? Look, giving bad news can suck, though we always have to remain professional um, sometimes we, like, we're not sure how people are going to react for Jane's instance. Like we didn't know, was she going to be sad or happy or, or if she was going to burst into tears, but yeah, we just have to remain professional and, um, just, yeah, show empathy for the people, you know, when we're giving the bad news. We always give the truth and always have evidence of that truth because we're dealing with real people and real emotions. Often the news we are giving is what the client has already expected and it sometimes gives the client and out for the relationship. But we have had in the past, the client stays with the partner even though even though they find out the truth about the situation. One thing we try not to give the client is just our own thoughts or feelings. We try to give them facts. So we try to give them video footage, photographs, um, copies of screenshots from uh, websites and things like that. Because if we're just giving them feelings and thoughts, there's, there's no proof there. There's no concrete fact. So we like to deal in facts. Feelings really don't matter at this point. So other than suspicious partners, what other types of surveillance do we do? There's lots of different types of surveillance that we do. Uh, Some's in a workplace where an employer is suspicious of maybe an employee slacking off or stealing or all sorts of things like that. There's neighbourhood disputes where uh, maybe neighbours finding things thrown in their backyard or front yard and wondering where it's come from. Uh, Simple things like that. There's others where a father, concerned father, was worried about his son's drug use and we needed to follow his son to just see what he was up to because the father really wanted to take action and get involved. So, you know, all we can do is follow, conduct the surveillance, get the facts, get the evidence and present it to our client. Quite often we get contacted by lawyers to do uh, surveillance for a client of theirs. So whether that's a child custody dispute where a partner's being reckless with a child, whether that's surveillance to find out where someone's working so that they can uh, summons them to court in terms of their assets, in terms of their financial situation. There's lots of different reasons. We love working for lawyers uh, and we know that we can always provide them a great service. That's right, Simon. So if you're like Jane and want to investigate a suspicious partner or if you need surveillance for your family, business or law firm, then we're here to help you get the information and results you need. So to get in touch, head to downunderinvestigations.com or give us a call on 1300 849 007. Also, don't forget you're able to get to see behind the scenes of a private investigator every day on our Instagram and Facebook page. So make sure you give us a follow and a like. But for all the professionals out there, follow us on LinkedIn because we have some new and exciting things coming your way, like our new white paper, which we're in the midst of publishing as we speak. But you'll have to follow us to stay up to date. Until next time, thanks for listening.